stand for the hearing of the gospel. This is from the Holy Gospel according to St. John, the sixth chapter. Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. Jesus went up the mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. When he looked up and saw a large crowd coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy who here has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many people? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in the place, so they sat down, about 5,000 in all. Then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he told his disciples, Gather up the fragments left over, so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, Twelve baskets were filled. When the people saw the sign that Jesus had done, they began to say, This is indeed the prophet who is come into the world. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. <clears throat> When I hear this gospel narrative, my thoughts often go back to an earlier story recorded by St. John that recounts what happened when Jesus and his mother attended a wedding at Cana in Galilee. And if you have ever hosted an event like that, you can imagine that the wedding hosts had made very careful calculations of how many people would come and exactly how much food and wine would be needed for everyone. But alas, as we learn in that story through Jesus' mother's observation, all those calculations proved to be wrong and the wine gave out before the party was over. For all intents and purposes, it looked like a very sad ending to an otherwise happy event. But John tells us that Jesus would not allow that to happen. In a surprising turn of events, he tells the house servants to fill six stone jars with water. Most of us know what happened next, even if we aren't really familiar with the Bible. When the steward of the party drew some of the water out from the jars and tasted it, he discovered that it was now very good wine. Given that remarkable outcome, we would expect that John would call that a miracle. After all, how many people can turn water into wine? But that isn't really what John says. What John simply says in that story is that Jesus told the servants to fill six empty jars with water. Nothing more, no special magic on his part 
No waving of hands over the water, no conjured up words. And maybe that's why John doesn't call it a miracle. In summing it up, he says, Jesus did this the first of his signs at Cana in Galilee. Do you hear the difference? For John, this was a sign. It wasn't just a party saver. It was a sign that pointed to a deep and abiding truth that Jesus knew and that Jesus trusted, I believe, with all his heart. And that truth, which is revealed in all four of the Gospels, is that in God's abundance, there is always enough for everyone. That that is something that we see over and over again through the life of Jesus. That there is enough food and drink. That there is actually enough grace and enough love for everyone. That with God, there is always enough forgiveness enough mercy, more than enough, in fact, of all of those things, more than enough of all that we need to be healthy and whole. That's what Jesus trusted, I believe, when he told the servants to fill those six jars with water. And that's what Jesus trusted when he took a child's gift of five barley loaves and two fish and gave them to a crowd of 5,000 people. His disciples had done their best to calculate how much food would be needed by that many people. And they decided that six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to have just a little bit. So for all intents and purposes, it looked again like another sad ending to a very happy story. But John tells us again in our gospel today that Jesus would not allow that to happen. And once again, it almost seems like magic. We can imagine Jesus touching the gifts in just the right way or saying just the right words to multiply the bread and the fish. However, what St. John simply says is that Jesus took the gifts of a boy who gave everything that he had and then began to distribute them to the crowd. Nothing more in John's story, no special magic, just a deep trust that if those gifts were shared, the outcome would be a joyous one for everyone gathered on the mountain. And that must be why John calls this too a sign and not a miracle. He reports that when the people saw the sign that Jesus had done, they began to say, this is indeed the prophet who is come into the world. For me, the point that John is trying to make is not that Jesus was incapable of multiplying loaves and fish. Instead, I think John wants us to see how Jesus goes about sharing the abundance of God. Over the years, my ways of hearing this story have led me to imagine it happening in a way that mirrors what I often see in places where Jesus is active in the world today. And to begin with, I don't imagine that all 5,000 people gathered on that mountain were empty-handed. In my experience, there are almost always haves and have-nots in any group of people. 
And it is hard to imagine that every single one of them, even as travelers, would have left home without a morsel of food for themselves, or at least for their children. I can accept, knowing how the world works, that certainly many of them may not have had the means to pack a lunch or even to pack snacks for a day. But among 5,000 people, there had to be many others who had more than enough. So how did it happen that all were fed? I may be wrong, but here's what I think. I think the remarkable generosity of a child who freely gave all that he had started the kind of chain reaction that Jesus anticipated and knew would happen when he began passing out those gifts. I think Jesus knew that there was enough food in that crowd of people for everyone and that generosity such as this was contagious. I think he envisioned that possibility that people who had more than enough for themselves would say, if a child can do that, then I can too. And that, for me, would be the real miracle that accompanies the sign that John speaks of. Because in any time and place, it is nothing short of a miracle when human hearts are changed. It is nothing short of a miracle when the fear of scarcity is replaced by a bold trust in the providence of God for all. I remember reading what Mother Teresa said when she was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. After speaking in beautiful ways about the abundance of God for all people, she shared some stories, including one about a remarkably generous mother. One evening, she said, a gentleman came to our house and said, there's a Hindu family next door with eight children who've not eaten for a long time. Do something for them. So she says, I took rice and I went immediately. And there was this mother with little children whose eyes were shining from sheer hunger. She took the rice from my hand, she divided it into two, and she went out. When she came back, I asked her, where did you go? What did you do? She said to me, they are hungry also. She knew that the next door neighbors, a Muslim family, was also hungry. What surprised me most, Mother Teresa said in her speech, was not that that woman gave the rice. What surprised me most was that in her suffering, in her hunger, she knew that somebody else was hungry, and she had the courage to share, to share the love. Thankfully, you don't have to look too far in our own town to see God at work in similar ways. Just yesterday at Nativity House, I watched hungry people look out for each other while a crowd of 200 was fed. When the food was ready to be served, nobody there questioned the fact that people with wheelchairs and walkers should always go first and make, make sure they have access before others. And then, as always, I noticed how guests in line then waiting for food 
would scan the room to see if there are any other people who are physically not able to get up and to come forward to receive a meal. And if any are identified, you can be sure that hungry people will come out of line and they'll come forward and they'll ask, can you prepare a tray for that person over there? I'd like to take it over to him or to her. And yesterday there was also concern for six guests who were not even in the room where the food was served. I learned that they were in respite care at Nativity House. And others in line wanted to make sure that they weren't forgotten. So the whole food line came to a halt and people patiently waited while six trays were prepared and then delivered to another part of the building. In the end, of course, as people trusted, everyone was fed and there was so much that leftovers were shared in abundance. It makes you wonder what the whole world would look like if all people shared abundance with this kind of trust in God. Without a doubt, we would say that the kingdom of God had come among us. Regrettably, that day when the kingdom of God is here in all its fullness is still ahead. And we do continue to live in a world that so often acts as if food and drink and love and grace and mercy and forgiveness are scarce commodities. That there isn't enough of that for everyone. That those gifts have to be guarded when you have them. In fact, when you read the news or watch the news from day to day now, you might even conclude that we are now looking at the sad ending of an otherwise happy story of human beings caring for each other. But the good news for all of us in this gospel story is that Jesus will never let that happen. With him in our midst, there will always be visible signs that point to his coming kingdom. And there will always be miracles that turn anxious people like you and me into joyful participants in the promise that in God's abundance, there is always more than enough for everyone. Thanks be to God for that promise that holds us and invites us to participate in this coming kingdom. Amen. If you have prayer cards, just please hold them up and the others will come and gather them.